It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. SEC Media Days draw to a close today in Atlanta. Jimbo Fisher at the podium just moments ago. You'll hear what he had to say in just a little bit. Yesterday, it was Kirby Smart's turn. Today, he signed a new 10-year, $112.5 million deal to remain as Georgia's head coach, according to Chris Lowe. Pete Thamel has more on that in just a bit. And the Coastal Division coaches and players are on the podium today in Charlotte at ACC Media Days. Coming up, you'll hear from Miami coach Mario Cristobal explain why a certain accessory is no longer necessary. Hello and welcome to College Football Live. I'm Wendy Nix. We'll have coverage from both SEC and ACC Media Days today, but we start in the 305 with the Canes. Looking at the U, Mario Cristobal is back to Coral Gables after four full seasons in Oregon. Cristobal adds Boyles award winner Josh Gaddis from Michigan to be his offensive coordinator. The prodigal son returns. Tyler Van Dyke is back his first full season after stepping in at QB four games into his freshman year. Over his last six games, his QBR top ten in the FBS. And then, of course, new defensive coordinators Kevin Steele and Charlie Strong look to make a difference. Here's Coach Cristobal. What I found really impressive was that we brought in a, a regiment that was really demanding and these players attacked it and approached it with a no-nonsense mentality. Not only did they attack it, they excelled in several aspects of it and we got better. It's a great start. I'm just very thankful that they allowed us as a coaching staff to bring in a regiment that pushes the way it does and that all they did was approach it with a great mindset. Tyler Van Dyke in that quarterback room is really, really special because uh, you have a natural leader that's one of your hardest workers and competing to be recognized as the hardest worker. So it's a tremendous benefit, uh, a huge asset for the university and the program, and certainly makes the adjustment a lot, uh, a lot more simple. Why, why did we retire the turnover chain? I think probably the media's put more thought into this than, than I have. Um, we just really focus on getting better. We're just uh, moving in a direction that, you know, right now doesn't involve it. Oh, no, the turnover chain is no more, and Miami is hopeful their ability to force takeaways doesn't go away as well because look at this. Since the chain was first introduced before the 2017 season, the Hurricanes ranked 18th in all of FBS in takeaways in the previous five years from 2012 to 16. They ranked 37. We're going to chalk that up as a coincidence, maybe. I don't know. Eric McLean joins us now on College Football Live. And Eric, uh, Mario Cristobal has gotten rid of the turnover chain. That's fine. Uh, what else do you expect in Miami? Yeah, really, Wendy, I love the attitude that he has, number one. You know, just bringing that no-nonsense 
in here and, and whether that's having a lot of crazy different music at the facility and, and during practice or getting rid of the turnover chain, Miami is all about business and they're going back to what got them to the promised land all those years ago and, and who better than Mario Cristobal to lead that ship and to really get that going. And so when you look at the Canes, when you look at that mindset that they are now going to have, expectations are extremely high. And I think they're, they're, they're expecting and, and we are expecting them to get back very soon to dominating uh, and competing for championships. When you look at this team, I mean, they're absolutely loaded. There's great reason to think that from the quarterback position specifically in Tyler Van Dyke, but up front, uh, the, those guys are gonna be considerably better Zion Nelson over at left tackle, and then a stable of running backs. So really look for a balanced attack offensively from Miami. Well, listen, you, you referenced the quarterback, and if they are going to be back, so to speak, as, as we all expect them to be, they'll need some, some solid quarterback play. How confident are you in Tyler Van Dyke? Yeah, I, I think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the country. I, I think that he's a guy that is going to elevate very quickly and it's just a matter of of how quickly that's going to be because of this new system a little bit of a learning curve I'm sure Wendy but a guy that just he prepares so well we spoke to him earlier here at ACC media day and, and just hearing about how important the process is to him getting into the film room meeting with his coaches meeting with other players and and getting this offense to where it needs to be and so very high expectations from the Canes, but also very high expectations from Tyler Van Dyke. Oddsmakers set the Canes win total at eight and a half. Eric, are you going over or under this season? I'm going over, and it's a difficult schedule, and there's some games on there that you can truly circle and say, this is going to be a massive test. Obviously, it starts with Texas A&M uh, and, and the things that that is going to bring, how dynamic of a game, how important of a game that is going to be. And then, of course, really ending the season at Clemson and then going to Pittsburgh. That's going to be a tough test. And is really, is that a preview of the ACC championship game against at Clemson? And then right after that, Pitt, is it a play-in game to get to the championship and potentially play the Tigers or someone else on that side of the conference yet again? So I'm going to go over. I think Mario Cristobal and this staff get rolling year one. All right, Canes fans will take that all day, every day. Uh, Eric, don't go too far. We've got plenty <laughs> more to talk about right now, though. We will talk about Texas A&M, as you mentioned, also on the hurricane schedule. Despite finishing 8-4, and four, the Aggies welcomed the top recruiting class to College Station for the first time since ESPN began ranking recruits in 2006. At QB, Haynes King is back after missing all but two games last season. LSU transfer Max Johnson and the top QB in the 2022 class comes in. And defensively, A&M allowed the third fewest points per game in the country. DJ Durkin takes over as defensive coordinator. They hope to continue. Here's Jimbo Fisher. Two competitive guys that go at it. Listen, we all learn from things we do in our business. You've got two competitive guys on a, on a topic that is very uh, everywhere, as they say. There's no rules in this thing and where it goes. And each state has different laws and everything. And like he said, I heard a statement he made, the arguments we had in the staff room and on the basketball court and all those things. But on the basketball court, we didn't have them. We were always on the same team. So we usually had them against other people. So I have great respect for Nick. And, thing, you know, that's unfortunately our thing went public. And that's, that's sometimes that happens in this world. Nothing's private anymore, is it? Anyway, but no, we have great respect for Nick. And we all learn from him. We all will learn. Like he said, he will learn. Hopefully I learn from things we do and say, and, and we move on from there. But have great respect for him and their program like always. This question comes from someone who transcribes interviews for a living. How do you speak so fast? You got to get your thoughts out. You want to be here. How long do you want to be here? Huh? 
And think if I talk slow, as much as I get information, I give you lots of information in a short amount of time. I'm, I'm a reporter's dream. <laughs> Daggum. Huh? How could y'all be complaining about that? I could sit here, I'm going to be slow and drawn out. Let me think about it and where we're going, what we're doing. You want me to do all that? Heck, I get, I get you in, I get you out. See, you know what I'm on? I'm on a limited uh, our amount of time I'm used to in coaching. You only get so many hours with a player, this stupid 20-hour rule. Well, you can't. You get one hour meeting. You got to get as much information in as you can. God love him, a reporter's dream. I feel your pain. Talk pretty fast. The Aggies start their season in College Station with three home games before facing Arkansas at Jerry's World in Arlington to close out September. The month of October starts with three consecutive SEC road matchups, including, as you heard him reference just a few minutes ago, a slight dust-up with Nick Saban of the anticipated Jimbo Fisher-Nick Saban affair on October 8th in Tuscaloosa. Everybody will be talking fast then, Benjamin Watson, because we all got a lot to say about that. As we say hello, I know you're at the SEC Media Day in Atlanta. And, of course, Jimbo Fisher made headlines earlier in the offseason after that war of words, if you will. But what do you really want to see from him if we talk football and his Aggies team this season? Yeah, always some exciting uh, one-liners from Jimbo Fisher, and they come out very, very quickly, so you better write them down. But uh, what we want to see, I think what everybody wants to see is some consistency for Texas A&M. Look, they have the number one recruiting class. They've recruited very well over the last few years. They've played great defense. They've got a running back in Devon A. Chain who has been fantastic. He's been all over the place. But when you look at Texas A&M over the last season, they had a great win at Alabama. Then they have a loss that is very uncharacteristic. And so I think what we want to see is how can they live up to some of the expectations. Look, over the last four years, Jimbo Fisher has had the same record as Sumlin did before him. So I think with all the resources that Texas A&M has, with the recruiting, with, with everything that goes into it, we need to see a little bit more consistency on Saturdays in the SEC this year. That's fair. And that recruiting class coming in is something else. Haynes King and Max Johnson, the transfer from LSU, competing for that top QB spot. Who do you think should get the nod, Ben? Oh, boy. Well, unfortunately, uh, Haynes King got hurt last year. Really, they won a lot of games last year because of their run game and their defense. But you think about a guy like Max Johnson coming in, transferring, like so many other quarterbacks in the SEC, 27 touchdowns last year at LSU. I think he's the guy we're going to see uh, behind center when the season starts. All right, Ben, much more from you coming up. Also, here's a, here's a third question for you. Can you spell daggum? Because I think you – I, I don't think <laughs> I, I heard can, that can, one. Can you spell I heard it? that one. Daggum. Daggum. D-A-G-G-U-M. All right. That's my best attempt. I, I, listen, I have no ideas. Right? I will say you're right. How about that? I Daggum, right. you're right. I, well, down here, but we're, we're, it's, that's how you spell it. Daggum. Okay. All right. My, my home, too. So, we'll go with that. Ben, Probably. we'll talk to you in just a minute. Still to come on College Football Live, the ACC loaded with impact players will predict if their performances – fall over or under what they've done in the past. And Florida past meets present as Tim Tebow catches up with Gators starting quarterback Anthony Richardson. Find out why Richardson is optimistic about this year's squad. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
final day of ACC Media Days. Today in Charlotte, the teams from the Coastal Division are taking the mic. An opportunity, apparently, for coaches to brag on some of their star players, including Virginia's Tony Elliott. Battle-tested, that's, that's worked uh, and developed. You know, I've been a fan of his before ever having a chance to, to work with him, just watching him develop from afar. He's been instrumental uh, in me establishing the, the foundation of the program. Explosive. Um really impressive athlete, great balance, body control, a natural leader that's one of your hardest workers and competing to be recognized as the hardest worker. And we saw his aggressiveness, his passion, his, his love for, for playing the game and his leadership, not only in the ACC but in the country, arguably the best receiver in the country. The ACC will have its fair share of top performance back this season. Brennan Armstrong led the ACC nearly 4,500 passing yards for Virginia. North Carolina gets leading receiver Josh Downs back with a new quarterback, while A.T. Perry of Wake Forest looks to build on his 15-touchdown season a year ago. Eric McLean back with us. Eddie Royal joins us now as well. And we're going to play a little over-under, fellas, with the ACC top performers. And, Eddie, we'll start with you. Uh, UNC's Josh Downs had over 1,300 receiving yards last year. Does he do it again? <laughs> That's a lot of yards, right? A lot and of so yards. you got a new quarterback, and uh, it's going to be tough to get 1,300 yards again. So I love the guy. I told him I was going with the under. I actually told him I was going with under. You know what he said? I'm going to prove you wrong. Okay. So we'll, we'll see. Sadly, I'm with you, brother. I'm going under as well. And, and I think the reason is – and I hope other guys are going to step up. I, I hope that he is not just the main target, the guy that literally we have to go to each and every play to get anything going offensively. But I'll have a little asterisk here. I was talking with Coach Mac Brown earlier. He said, we are going to use this young man everywhere. We're going to get him the football. And so whether that's through the air or in the ground, ER, they're going to find ways. But, Wendy, we're both going under here. All right. I like that Eddie told him, though. They tell you got to own it, right? Just put it right out there. I don't think <laughs> That's so. That's right. We'll see. Prove you wrong. Brennan Armstrong had just barely under 4,500 pass yards last year, fellas. Over or under that number this season? I'm going under with that as well, just because I think they're going to have more balance. Listen, I played for Coach Tony Elliott, new uh, head coach here. He was the offensive coordinator at Clemson for a year. He loves to run the football. So I just don't think Brennan's going to get the same opportunities that he did a year ago. So I'm going under. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm going under. Uh, one of the reasons is protection. Four new offensive linemen on that line. And everybody knew UVA was going to throw the ball. So coming into the game, it stopped Brendan Armstrong and all those weapons that he has. So it's going to be under. Still a good year for him, just under. All right, I'm interested in this because of the small sample size. I mean, who knows? But Tyler Van Dyke gets a full season as the starter. Guys, does he go over or under 27 and a half touchdown passes? <laughs> I'll take this. Y'all made it easy on us. I'm going to go That's over. Right. You know, he didn't play in that first game versus Alabama. Didn't have a bowl game. The last six games that he played in, three-plus touchdowns in each of them. So he's got a ton of weapons. It's going to be way over. Yeah, I'm so sad that we have to do this, guys. But we're going the same again. I'm going over. <laughs> I think Tyler Van Dyke, Wendy, we were just talking about him last segment. He's the type of guy that can explode this season. He's the type of guy that can really lead this team. The only question mark is who's he throwing it to? Who's the weapons that are going to emerge? I think Will Mallory. He, he corrected me earlier. He said, I'm going to be more than a security blanket. I'm going to be a weapon 
in this offense. I certainly think the middle of the field going to be utilized. We just need to see more receiver play elevate. They've got the horses. We'll see if they can do it. All right, how about defense then for a minute? Pitts D, one of the best in the nation last year when it came to getting after the quarterback over or under 50 and a half sacks for that Panthers defense. Yeah, that's a lot of quarterback sacks, but they can do it. And schematically, this is what I always say about Pittsburgh. They will design the blitz. They will get after you. They will disguise it, but you might not know who their players are. That's not the case this year. They are loaded from top to bottom, Pittsburgh, and it really starts with Kalijah Kansi up front, Big Ball Ronaldo, guys that are absolute freaks. DJ, I call them more daddies, so I'm going over <laughs> for Pittsburgh. I'm actually going to go over as well. Pat Narduzzi is a wizard on defense. And the good thing about Pitt is that offensive line, the best in ACC. So in practice, those guys are going to be getting good work against each other. So we're going to take the over on this one. Listen, you can tell it's preseason, fellas. A lot of agreement. Everybody's not mad at each other yet. Disagreeing. That will <laughs> come. Right. It's just because it's our summer, I think. Right. Uh, four ACC schools. It feels schools. like this is an episode of By the way, I know. I have a new coach like. at the helm. <laughs> Mike Elko takes over at Duke. We've talked about Mario Cristobal. He is back at his alma mater, Miami after four seasons in Oregon. The two Virginia schools both have new coaches. Tony Elliott with the Cavs and Brent Pry for the Hokies. And the last time there were four new head coaches in the ACC, that was 2016. Gentlemen, uh, which first-year head coach will have the most success uh, in, in the early going? Yeah, I think this one's easy. Yeah, it I is really easy. Do. It is. And I'll tell you what, I, I love Brent Pry and the hire. I'm a Hokie, so I love that hire for us. Tony Elliott was loved talking to him as well, but go ahead, E, tell yeah, him. It's, it's Mario Cristobal. Yeah. And again, it's because of that quarterback. It's because of the investment that Miami has really made from the top down. I mean, you look at the president, the athletic director, the booster supporters, Miami's got it. And they have the players to do it. I think E, the, the, the mindset of these guys Eddie, that's the biggest thing that this coaching staff is bringing in and changing very quickly. Yeah, he came in with a serious mindset. He, there was no jokes even at media day. You're supposed to be relaxed. He's locked in and ready to go. He's got a bunch of young talent on that defense. They'll play better, so he's going to have immediate success. Cristobal led Oregon. Don't forget to two New Year's Six Bowl games. They are excited to have him back. There's no question about that. Fellas, we're glad to have you back and we'll be back uh, because we got a Gator quarterback party coming up. Tim Tebow sits down with Anthony Richardson. They'll talk about the big expectations for a big season. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Here's Anthony Richardson on the field. He has been a big play machine. Avoids the pressure. Thought he was going to flip it out. Stays alive. Richardson leapfrogs a defender out of bounds. He is a highlight reel waiting to happen every time he touches the football. Anthony Richardson in the open field. To the end zone, and it is caught for a touchdown. 15 has shown up and shown out. Florida 
That's your starting quarterback. In week two last season, Anthony Richardson threw for 152 yards and rushed for 115 more in a win over South Florida. He became the first Florida QB with at least 150 passing yards and 100 rushing yards in a single game since Tim Tebow. He did it four times. The two Gator quarterbacks sat down for a conversation at SEC Media Day. All right, I'm here with Gator Nation's new 1-5, Anthony Richardson. How you doing, man? I'm good. Can I just say you're representing the orange and blue really well right now? You know, I got to, you know, I'm here. And I know the way you dress matters to you because I've seen you before some of the games and you're always sporting something pretty fly. I love putting on suits. That's my thing. So who picked this one out for you? Did you pick it out yourself? Kind of. A little bit of help? Somebody somebody sent me some options, you know, and I, I fell in love with this one. Well, I tell you what, it, it looks pretty good. You represent it well. Appreciate it. I that. tell you what, you've also represented here at SEC Media Days really well. Do you, When you come to something like this, do you, you feel any pressure? No, nah, not necessarily. You know, uh, I'm here for a reason. You know, yeah. people picked me. They chose me. They believe I'm the guy, you know, so I'm just thankful for the opportunity. One thing you you said earlier is, is this year you feel more confident. Why? Coach Napier, you know, uh, he's instilled that confidence in me. You know, I see how confident he is in his system, in yeah. himself. You know, so um, I try to, you know, mimic that and copy that a little bit. Right before we started spring ball, he told me, he was like, I'm a great player. He asked me if I believe that. I'm like, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I am. And he was like, you're a great player, so you have to believe that. And ever since then, I've been, I'm like, wow, I am a pretty good player. I think that's, that's, pretty, that's been the turning point. How did you feel like it carried over after that conversation into spring practice? The team has rallied so well around you. How do you feel like that changed you inside? You know, my confidence definitely shot up through the roof. It allowed me to become a better leader. I let my teammates trust in me and, and believe in what I can do. And, you know, I've been, I've been working with them guys like almost every day, grinding, grinding hard, you know. So our confidence in each other is, is through the roof right now. Spring, the spring practices, spring game, it, was, it just showed us like what we can be. Tell me about this scheme, a new offense, new scheme. Obviously, it takes a little bit to learn, but it's been something I feel like you've really gravitated to and you like playing in it so far. Well, you know, what are your favorite parts of the new scheme? I definitely enjoy it a lot because the defense never knows what we're doing. You know, <laughs> sometimes we may run it, sometimes we may do some play action. I like throwing deep shots, you know, with the play action. I like throwing a little. I can tell. You yeah. know, a lot of against LSU, USF, and. Oh, yeah, I, feel, I love. You look comfortable. Yeah, I love taking the deep shots, you know, but the offense is very, you know, versatile, you know, because you never know what we're going to do. It's like it goes hand in hand with the, the running pass. What do you think right now, Anthony, is your greatest strength as a, as a quarterback and then the biggest thing that you're focusing on trying to improve? I'm pretty sure everybody knows it. Um, my legs, you know, I can, I can run pretty well. Um, but my main focus this offseason has been becoming the, a better passer, you know, because that is the title, that is the label, quarterback. You yeah. know, and they're known for passing, so that's pretty much the main thing I've been working on. What does it mean to you to be representing the University of Florida and all of your teammates, and what do you have to do as a leader to get Gator Nation back to where it wants to be? As an individual, I have to keep going, you know, every day, um, regardless of what it is, either whether that's work with my little brother, you know, or if that's me being a player or a leader outside of the facility. You know, I just got to keep growing. Keep working with the guys. You know, um, eventually Gator Nation will be back. Well, I think you can kind of do whatever you want. You can do it really well. And uh, it's been fun watching you, man. It's also been fun watching you with all this confidence because I think with this confidence, it's, uh, there is no ceiling. Definitely. So, I appreciate that. Good luck this year, yes, man. Yes, sir. Keep rocking that orange and blue. I got you. 
Ben Watson back with us. And Anthony Richardson may be among your candidates, Ben, but who do you think in the SEC quarterback-wise uh, will take the biggest leap forward this season? Well, you guys couldn't have teed it up any better with that Tim Tebow, Anthony Richardson interview because my pick is Anthony Richardson. Look, everything he has from a physical standpoint is by far better than anybody else that we see other than maybe K.J. Jefferson in the SEC. He's big, he's strong, he's fast. And talk about taking a jump. He literally jumps over defenders. Now he's going to have an entire year to be the starter. He wasn't worried about sharing snaps with Emory Jones going into spring. So Billy Napier establishing his offense and looking at what Billy did in Louisiana with uh, Levi Lewis, I think we can kind of see a small peak to the ceiling of what Anthony Richardson could possibly be. I think he's going to surprise a lot of people this year. Well, that will serve the Gators well. Let's take a look at some of the overall position units in the SEC. Which team in the conference has the best set of offensive skill players? By that, I mean running backs, tight ends, and receivers. Well, it seems like they're all moving around. So whenever we pick a skilled player in one position, they seem to be going somewhere else. But if I'm looking at who's coming back, I look at the national champions, the Georgia Bulldogs, starting with Stetson Bennett, their quarterback, top in the league when it comes to yards per attempt, led his team to a national championship. But also you look at Brock Bowers, a tight end there, 13 touchdowns. This guy moves all over the field. He's at the X, he's at the Y, he's at the Z, he goes in the fullback. But not only him, they've got Darnell Washington and others who are in that tight end room. Receivers, running backs, and Kendall Milton and McIntosh. I think that the Georgia Bulldogs have collectively the strongest group of skill positions in the conference. That's a deep depth chart. How about the SEC team with the best front seven, Ben? Well, the best front seven just left that team we just talked about, Georgia, but I think it resides now over in Tuscaloosa. And while there are other people on this team, you talk about Dallas Turner and others in that front seven, the main player is Will Anderson Jr., uh, a player who many felt should have won the Heisman last year. All around, he is by far the best player in the SEC, perhaps the country. He's complete. He uses his hands well. He gets after the quarterback. He sets up that secondary uh, to be able to cover because he's always getting pressure on the quarterback. All right, that teed me up. The best secondary in the SEC. <laughs> of course. It's going to be Alabama. <laughs> Partly <laughs> because they've go. got five returning starters. They've got so many people coming back, whether it is uh, Battle, Jordan Battle, who is calling the plays at strong safety back there, whether it's Kool-Aid McKinstry. And I think that the, the key here for Alabama is they went into transfer portal themselves and went, went and got Eli Ricks from LSU. A shutdown corner, a guy who they compare with McKinstry on the other side. I think that Alabama is in a great position defensively. They were in a great position last year. It's not like they were bad last year. They were in a great position defensively last year. This year, with their front seven, coupled with their secondary, it's going to be very, very difficult to move the ball on the Crimson Tide. Yeah, they, they were in great position last year. Interesting to see the way they worked the portal, though, in the offseason as well. All right, which SEC team has the best O-line? All right, so we had a chance to sit with Sam Pittman, and we call him the boss hog, the big dog, whatever you want to call him. He has two hogs on his property, he told us, but his O-line has people coming back. He has four starters coming back. His offensive line is moving people out of the way. You look at them last year, Arkansas led the SEC in the rushing. Their top rusher was their quarterback, K.J. Jefferson. And then they had two other rushers that were running all over the SEC last year. So this O-line is ready. They're tough. They're mean. Arkansas is the best offensive line in the SEC. All right. Well done, my friend. Gets me ready for football. I'm ready. You talk a little O-line, you know it's I'm time I, to play. I think we are tired of talking. We're tired of that talking. Let's just play the games, please. Amen. Preach it. We'll be back, though. Coming up, Chris the Bear Felica going to help you make some money. He'll tell you what his best bet is for week one of the season.
ESPN Film's seven-part docuseries, The Captain, continues episode two tonight. A look into Derek Jeter's life and career on and off the field. Rolls at 9 o'clock Eastern on ESPN and ESPN+. Plus. If you missed part one, you can always catch that on ESPN+. Plus. Week one is fast approaching, and with it, the chance to cash in on some notable names early. The season schedule starts strong, and Chris Felic is ready for it. Here's the Bear with a primer on point spreads and an early look at the matchup he says is your best bet. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Week one of the college football season is right around the corner with a number of marquee matchups. 2021 national champion Georgia welcomes Oregon to Atlanta. A national championship for a new generation of Bulldogs. The dogs are laying three scores, the most points Oregon has been an underdog since 2005. Emphatic champions of the Pac-12 as they hammer the Ducks. Ohio State and Notre Dame meet in a battle of Midwestern powers. Buckeyes have won and covered all four meetings in the last 50 years, but they're laying double digits in this one. And Ohio State finishes the year with a victory. Both Florida and Florida State are getting points against Utah and LSU respectively. It's just the second time in the last 35 years that both Florida schools have been underdogs in their season opener. Other contenders start with easier matchups. Alabama, Texas, Michigan and USC are among teams laying over 30 points in week one. My favorite week one bet is TCU laying seven and a half against Colorado. CU is going to have a ton of problems this year scoring points and opening the season against Sonny Dykes, the new head coach at TCU, and the Horned Frogs who will have a ton of offensive talent back should not end well for Colorado. I'm laying the points with TCU here. Bear, thank you. The ACC first sees action the first Saturday of the season. Florida State and North Carolina in separate games. The Heels play their second game on September 3rd when they face Appalachian State. Florida State travels to New Orleans to face LSU on that Sunday. And week one ends the following night when Clemson plays Georgia Tech in Atlanta. Eddie Royal back with us. Which ACC week one game the most intriguing to you, Eddie? The backyard brawl. I mean, just listen to the name alone. I, I didn't even know who was playing at first. Then I'm like, oh, I got to watch this game. Thursday night football, college game day is going to be there. And if the name doesn't grab you alone, the two quarterbacks playing in it used to both be at USC. They both transferred out. Now they're playing against each other in this backyard brawl. I'm going to be tuned in for this one. All right, Eddie, in fairness, you're right. Backyard brawl is by far the best name going. I completely concur. Okay, how about the SEC? Defending national champion Georgia starts the defense of their title on September 3rd when they play Oregon at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta later that night. Florida opens up the Billy Napier era. They will host Utah in the Swamp. And LSU finishes off the first week of the SEC with their debut under Brian Kelly in New Orleans. Ben Watson and Takeo Spikes joining us now to talk SEC. Takeo, which of these games 
most intriguing to you? Uh, you got to go with the UGA and Oregon game, like hands down. I got a UGA alumni over here, <laughs> and I've been giving him the business all week. Well, look, when you, when you look I'll at that watching. game, I'm looking forward to it, Wendy. I'll be watching it, for sure. I think that UGA game is going to be a big one, for sure. I think, you know, anytime you're a team coming off of a national championship, the target is on your back. I think we heard Coach Smart talk about that yesterday when he said, we're not going to be hunted. We're going to be the hunters. So I think this Georgia team still has a mentality that just because they won one last year doesn't mean that it's going to happen again. They're going to try to prove themselves again. And then you look at Dan Lanning, the defensive coordinator, right? Uh, he was the defensive coordinator at UGA, now the head coach. You look at a big picture. I like the matchup because he know the familiarity of coming from UGA. And then you look at Bo Nix being possibly being the starting quarterback. Bo Nix never really had any success against UGA when he was playing at Auburn. So this is going to be a great matchup. I do like UGA in it, but I think it's definitely going to be a good matchup. Yeah, I mean, look, you're, you're, not, you're not turning that game off, right? You got the defending champs. You got some crossover on staff and personnel. It's not like you say, meh. I mean, you're going to watch that game. Uh, what about Utah, Florida, though, uh, Ben? I, I'd like your opinion on that. You know, while I will be watching that Georgia game, Wendy, of course, as you know, I think this Utah-Florida game really has larger implications from Florida than the Oregon game does for Georgia, simply because it'll be Billy Napier's first opportunity to show what he's been doing all offseason. And we talked about the aforementioned Anthony Richardson and his ceiling and everybody being so excited about the physical characteristics that he has. He could literally put this team, this Florida team, on the map with the way that he plays. I think this is huge for the Florida fans to be able to see, get a first glimpse, I think, of playing a Utah team who is very good. They were 10-4 and four last year. They always play good defense. They won the Pac-12. Uh, so they're a challenge. They're a good football team. This is no cakewalk in week one for the Florida Gators. Yeah, and you know what, guys? I've said this before, really, about Texas, but Florida, too. College football is better when Florida is competitive. I mean, there's something about some of these programs. You know, you want to see them get back and take that next step. We'll see. Uh, early season slate, pretty strong. That's how we like it. Still ahead. It was certainly a tumultuous offseason for Auburn head coach Brian Harson. You'll hear from him, and we'll talk about the program's direction. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. ESPN Fantasy Football, the number one fantasy game with the season right around the corner. Get your league started now at ESPN.com slash fantasy football. Tennessee with seven and six. First year under head coach Josh Heupel. The Vols averaging 39 points per game. That is the second most in the SEC. Hendon Hooker back after throwing 31 touchdowns, just three interceptions. The grad senior QB completed 68% of his passes last season. Defense, though, vulnerable. The Vols allowing 273 passing yards, the most in the SEC. That won't be good enough. Here is the head coach. A year ago, I talked about we were in a race to become as good as we could, 
as fast as we can. And I'm really proud of, of what we did in that first 12 months. We took great strides in year one in our culture, a sense of accountability, the standards that we were going to have inside of our program. Last year, we broke eight school records on the offensive side of the football. We finished top 10 uh, in the country in tackles for loss. I think we had five guys that were drafted the most uh, inside of our program since 2017. There's a ton of excitement. I think, uh, you know, everybody in Vol Nation uh, recruits across the country. Uh, our fan base, you can feel and sense that energy uh, every single day. The Volunteers opened the season with two of their first three games at home before starting conference play against Florida and LSU before hosting Alabama. The second half of the schedule, three away games in their last four contests at Georgia, South Carolina, and Vanderbilt. Ben, uh, listen, are we going to party on Rocky Top this season? What do you expect? I think they're going to be playing Rocky Top a lot. And, you know, listening to Coach Hypo, look, last year we sat right here at SEC Media Days. Well, actually in Birmingham, not Atlanta. And they had so many transfers, didn't quite know what to expect. They were just trying to field a roster in Tennessee. And now a year later, you've got the emergence of Hendon Hooker, who is one of the top quarterbacks, not just in the SEC, but in the nation. 31 touchdowns, three interceptions. He's taking care of the football. And not only that, they have the only 1,000-yard receiver returning in, the returning in the conference, and that's Cedric Tillman, a big, strong, fast wide receiver that's going up and getting the football. So this high-tempo, high-paced offense is producing points. I think that this transition from year one into year two is going to be huge for Hypo and his offense. The guys are buying in. There's a real palpable excitement, not only with the players that we talk to, like Hennon Hooker, but also in the fan base in Tennessee. Yeah, and then you look at them from the defensive side too, Wendy. What Coach Hypo also talked about was we got to get better, not only in the red zone, but also just allowing people not to be able to convert on third down. They allow 38% conversion, well, 42% conversion rate, and that's bad if, you, if you're Tennessee because you're, you have a high-octane offense on that side, and you got to be able to get off the field and give the ball back to them so they can continue to score. That's one of the main focus points that they're thinking about and that they're going to work on throughout training camp before the season. All right, then, Takiyo, I'll stay with you. How many wins this season? For the Vols. Well, it, it, it's a shakeup, but when you look at this football team, I think they can get at least, I'm going anywhere, at least seven wins on a good day if things fall into play, maybe nine. Ben? I, I, yeah, I think definitely eight wins is, is, a, is a floor for them. I'm picking Tennessee to be my second team in the SEC. Wow, are you mm. really? Okay, listen. There That's is, pretty high. It's pretty high, and answer me this. There is, is there a fan base more ready for this than those guys in Tennessee. I mean, there, I, there is not. none. They no. are ready. Going back to when we were in school, Rocky Top is always rocking. I think that there is a, there's an excitement there. They can't wait. And I think Hypo is the one to bring them there. I could not agree more. And I mean, not just in the SEC, but all of college football. Those guys are ready. We're ready for football, but we're making our way every day closer to a new season. Fellas, thank you so much. College Football Live back 2 o'clock Eastern tomorrow. We will see you then. Have a great day, everybody.